P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your host, Shelby Yes, Matt. we're back. We're back. We're back. Shelby, big news. Big news in New York. They announced yes. that my group of people will start being able to be vaccinated on April 6th. <laughs> oh, well, that's not far. Yeah, but it's like, that's when I can <laughs> sign up. That's this? when I can sign up. But then it's like, everyone's going to be trying to sign up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Have you thought about like going to Michigan and getting it done sooner? I don't know if that's... Can you do that? Is that how that works? Can well, you I just don't, go oh, random do you places? Like a, and... Do you not have like a Michigan ID anymore? No, I have a New York oh. ID. I know. Uh, well, that's tough. That's tough. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you chose to live there, so. <laughs> Rude. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I've been vaccinated for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, so yeah. vaccinated that I've like haven't told people because I got vaccinated so early. I felt like shamed like I wasn't supposed to be because I'd well, somehow skipped the line. No, it wasn't when I was pregnant. I just had the baby. and Oh. And it was just like. So wait, how did you hospital. qualify then? They just were like, hey, you were a patient with us. Do you want the vaccine? Like, sign up. Don't tell your friends. <laughs> That's all it takes in Texas. <laughs> Truly nobody wants that yeah. vaccine down there. They'll like anyone who wants it. I should honestly fly yeah. down and visit you. <laughs> I know. I, I felt so. It was so strange. I like immediately signed up for the next available shot because I was like, is this a trick? Are they going to take it away? Like, how am I going to really get this? I'm going to walk in and they'll be like, you're not in phase one. You're not eligible. And I was like, I... But in Texas, there's so few people who want the vaccine that they're like, here, take five or six <laughs> well, for the road. Just, just grab the, just, just grab a, a box, put them in your fridge. No, rude. Look, you can't prove that. Uh, um, I check every you day. The, States I check the New so York Times better. thing <laughs> that says what, like, how many people from the States or what percentage are vaccinated. <laughs> and it is like Texas and Georgia that are the, like, bottom <laughs> every day. So, well, because there's so many of us. California is way ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's fine. I, I'm happy to be vaccinated. Um, uh, yeah, so hopefully you get there soon. Maybe May is your, yeah, your I'm... white boy summer start. <laughs> <laughs> I keep seeing that. What is that a reference to? I think Chet um, Hanks did a video oh, that was like... okay. Because he was talking about how last year's hot girl summer, or whatever, right? Yeah, making these stallion songs, mm-hmm. and now he's like, it's white boy summer in his weird accent. Although I think <laughs> hot girl summer was two summers ago. I think last summer was just COVID summer. <laughs> You're right. No maybe. one was hot or doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is your moment, according yeah, to yeah. I'm 100 percent so. going to be one of those people who has to get up at like two in the morning and go to the Javits Center to get the vaccine. So <laughs> I, you know, I will do it. I will gladly do it, but it might be a little yeah. while. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. Um, I do. You have any any news though? Do you have any uh, hot gossip? What? This isn't really hot gossip. It's mostly just like sort of sad but happy news. But Beverly Cleary died and she was oh. almost 105 years old. And I don't know yes. if you were a big Beverly Cleary fan, but I read so many of her books when I was younger. Like the Ramona books and Henry Huggins and The Mouse and the yeah. Motorcycle. And then I was following people on Twitter who were talking about like their favorite moments from Beverly Cleary books that just like always stuck with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if Shelby was a fan of her. 
I remember so vividly reading a book of hers called The Luckiest Girl. It's like not very well known. It's sort of like her, her, she did like a YA novel. Okay. And it was about a girl named Shelly. So of course, and she loved donut holes. And that was like a whole (laughs) storyline is that she needed to teach these. I think she moved from California to some small rainy town or she moved from some rainy town to California. And all she wanted was a, was a rain jacket and she was trying to earn money or something. I don't know, but it was like a favorite from when I was 11, 12. Like it was very darling. And obviously I read her other books too, but that's always been the one that stuck with me. Mm. The Shelly who loves donut holes. And then you were like, this is my new, this is my new personality. I will be taking this. I also need a raincoat and love donut holes. Exactly. Yeah. I never let it go. Mm. Um, no, but I also can't imagine being that old. So honestly, I, yeah, I didn't even know you could live that old. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, um, you know, I don't know her quality of life at that point and I hope she had a good one, but it's, it's pretty old. Yeah. It's up there. What news do you have? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um similarly unimportant news, but the British newspaper The Sun, um they released this announcement. I don't know. That Prince William had been named the world's sexiest bald man. Oh, yes, and, I saw that. <laughs> they put together this survey of results based on analyzing just internet web pages, just just Google searches that use the word sexy and bald. So very scientific approach. Like this is obviously. A, uh, so they were like a lot know. of people were Googling like bald, sexy Prince William. <laughs> yeah. And so then they found, they decided he was the world's sexiest bald man. I mean, this is a British newspaper. So me thinks thou dust. Uh, Isn't the rock bald? Own. Yes, exactly. You can name like three sexy Bruce bald Willis, guys. I think is a sexier yeah. bald guy. I mean, there's like, uh, even Jason Statham. Oh, like, yes. Definitely Jason Statham. Like everyone, you know. And The Rock actually replied to this and was like, how the cinnamon toast F does this happen when Larry David clearly has a pulse? You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. Rock. Classic. And even Stanley Tucci, who honestly I find so, so handsome. Vin so Diesel. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I'm just looking at a list. Woody I mean, Harrelson. There's... there's Pitbull, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, he's I know, right yes. there. Uh, Terry Crews. Yeah. <laughs> I think John Travolta lost his hair. Uh, Bruce well, Willis. Uh, Prince William might be ahead of uh, John Travolta. I don't but know. Mike Tyson came in second place. So I don't know. Is okay. Like yeah. Cool? Th- like th- th- I don't know. <laughs> Maybe people are just Googling the rock. They're not Googling sexy bald rock. <laughs> yeah. I think the rock was top 10, but. He was he was pretty low on the list. I think it went Prince William, Mike Tyson, then Jason Statham, then Pitbull, Michael Jordan, Floyd Mayweather, John Travolta, and then The Rock. Here's an article from GQ from 2013 called The 100 Most Powerful Bald Men in the World. <laughs> I wonder who's number one. Oh, dear. Oh, am I going to have to scroll all the way through a hundred of these people? To get yeah, to the... probably. Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. This is so long. Okay, go to the next news and I'm going to keep scrolling. Oh, okay, perfect. Because this one is, this one has got me all riled up. So Little Nas X. Oh, I have this famous... story too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. He's most famous for Old Town Road. 
um, which I guess has been adopted by children everywhere as their anthem. Uh, by he children? Now, yeah. Oh, children love that song. It's like he went viral for like performing at an elementary school and all the kids were screaming the lyrics at him. But yeah, let's take a moment and pause. Oh, and oh my gosh, Shelby. Okay, I gotta, I gotta stop you here. Uh, so I got to the top 10 and truly this list has not aged well. Okay. Okay. And powerful Baldman. Powerful Baldman. Number 10, we have uh disgraced Mad Men creator, Matthew Weiner. Uh, mm-hmm. At number nine, we got Louis C.K. <laughs> Eight is Dave Chappelle. Seven is mm. Rupert Murdoch. Oh, wow. Disgusting. Six is Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Oh, five, Jeff Bezos. Mm. <laughs> Number four is Brian Cranston as Walter White because Brian Cranston <laughs> is not bald, but just Walter White is. He's more powerful. Brian Walter White is more powerful than Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos should be number one, I think, because number three <laughs> yeah. is Bruce Willis. Number two is the Dalai Lama, <laughs> and then number how are they right? How are they you, defining you know, I, power? Th- I don't know, Shelby. It's just most powerful. And this is in 2013. But the number one mm-hmm. most powerful person is Michael Jordan. Oh, who, I wow. mean, who is a great bald person. But I don't know. Yeah. Vladimir Putin's number 11. The Pope <laughs> is number 12. The Pope, I have to say, is more powerful than Bruce Willis. I think. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So, I mean, I think most of those people are. I think Bruce Willis is, doesn't have any power. Like, what power does he have? Well, he could maybe uh, crawl through a vent and, and try to kill you or something, but I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I. That's a weird list. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know there was so much attention on bald men, but it seems like bald men would be the ones who make lists, trying to say that they're still powerful. You know. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well. Anyways, back to Lil Nas X. Okay. Well, so anyways, he's released a new song and music video, I think, ahead of a new album. And it has gotten the uh, it is. <laughs> Christians just pearl clutching because um, the music video features him uh, lap dancing on the devil, basically. Yeah. Well, That's first like he takes vibe. a stripper pole down to hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very a long experience. stripper pole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which like fine whatever but the story i was focusing on is that he has also partnered with a brand called mischief um or mschf i don't i'm not cool enough to know how you pronounce yeah, it yeah a shoe company yeah it's a shoe mm-hmm. company and they're releasing 666 pairs of custom nike's called satan shoes and each pair contains a single drop of human blood i i honestly don't know how or or where yeah i was like where is the the blood is it in like the soul is it there's like a weird like pentagram (laughs) charm that's on the top of it and i was like whose blood is this is this like Lil nas x's blood were they like okay some intern needs to like get some blood drops going because we gotta make this shoe is that intern worried he'll be framed for like a hundred murders like i don't know yeah what do you honestly that's good that's what we should do shelby we should buy a pair of these shoes a thousand dollars a thousand and eighteen dollars and then you can just frame the poor um (laughs) shoe intern always have Mm -hmm. the drop of blood on hand Mm -hmm. um and so this got people concerned. They're, uh, you know, it's the devil's shoes. They're proud of it. And it's called exclusive. And the governor of South Dakota decided to comment on this and said, 
Our kids are being told that this product is not only okay, it's exclusive. But do you know what's more exclusive? Their God-given eternal soul. We are in a fight for the soul of our nation. We need to fight hard and we need to fight smart. We have to win. And it's this whole idea of like, oh, music is going to make our kids devil worshipers or gay or uh, it's just, it's nonsense. Like, like I was told Harry Potter would make me a Satan worshiper, you know, and instead. Oh, and Pokemon. Yeah. It just like gave us a generation of people who still put their fictional house in their Twitter bios, you know, like it's, that's the worst that has come from the Harry Potter fandom. And it's like, I grew up listening to like, tub thumping like i had no idea what that what, what the that heck song is tub was about. thumping the i get knocked down but i get up again you're never gonna get me down is that a band <laughs> no it's jumbo wumbo that's the name of the song jump what jumbo wumbo <laughs> what are you what are you joking <laughs> tub thumping by chumba wumba i get knocked down but i get up again you're never, never gonna get me down that phrase before in my life <laughs> seen the night away what? that's a song you were sheltered as a kid you you were <laughs> you're you're a lot older than me shelby so yeah, much you're older right. i got the i got the vaccine yes so. exactly they qualified you in you would know this song though I know a lot of very hip TikTok songs, but that's probably all I know because no, no, I'm no. basically like Gen school. Z. Yeah, no. My point is that I just feel like people constantly have this moment in pop culture where like, this is going to ruin our children. And it's like, well, one, first of all, like you get to be the gatekeeper of what your children see, like try harder. And two, it won't. Like, you know, people watch Christina and Madonna make out on the VMA stage and no one has cited that as reasons for their i don't know well i go from. on twitter i mm, somebody probably cited <laughs> it for something for goodness uh yeah well the craziest thing which i saw someone tweeting about was like yeah that the people who seemed very up in arms about this were also the same people who were in like the rock and roll generation of the 70s yes. and 80s where it was just like everybody doing drugs like all the time mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i don't know about it i think i I think that Lil, Lil Nas X is very, like, funny and yeah. very tongue-in-cheek. I think he made this video knowing full well that it was, like, a joke, but that people would get very upset by it. Yeah. And that's why he did it. The song, I thought, was pretty good, actually. Um, <laughs> so I was Well, and he, that. he actually, like, talked about it where he was, like, where, one, he, he released a statement that was very sweet about how he to his younger self where he's like, I know we promised we'd never come out, but like mm-hmm. I had to, because so many people have been, this will make it easier for other people to come out. And so many people have been damaged by this sort of idea that you need to hate yourself if you're gay. And then he also talked about this, the visuals in this music video where, yeah, he was like, I wanted to take back the power in using these, you know, very Christian symbols that were constantly used to make me scared. I was damned to hell forever because of my uh, attraction to men. And I just think that's like, yeah, it's, he's very clever on social media. He's very funny. He constantly has like clever clapbacks and is able to engage with people such as the governor of South Dakota and make them look just totally idiotic and he's a fun follow for that reason but i also think it's a valid point and especially when these same 
pearl pearl clutching like christian people are the ones who are like you can't cancel dr seuss like how dare you silence dr seuss but then they're trying to say like oh my gosh little nas is is just an evil devil worshiping man who must be silenced like this is ruining our children's spiritual souls like get out of here i'm just sick of it I also liked how Nike had to come out because I w- I'm confused <laughs> as to exactly how the shoe process works. Yeah, because like the shoes are Nike, but I guess they're designed by this other company, and so yeah. Nike was like, "We had we have nothing to do with this. We don't know anything about the blood. We don't know where the blood came from. It's not us. It's not our blood." Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> he's like, eh, "Please don't don't <laughs> yeah don't, don't boycott go on a Nike. Nike strike." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because it's like the- I've just seen so many tweets about like oh this is going to ruin our children when it's like little Nas is making a very potent statement about how he felt as a kid being raised in an evangelical religion where he had to wrestle with this like self-hate for years to the point where he considered not ever coming out and studies must show that that sort of language and and teachings have done more damage to children <laughs> and their self-love mm-hmm. than any song music video or uh you know VMA performance that has ever happened and i just i <laughs> that's my TED talk and I just needed to say it. I don't know, Shelby. I've been scarred by some pretty <laughs> heinous VMA performances over the years. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. That's fair. That's fair. There are some bad ones. <laughs> um, speaking of things that may or may not be scarring children, I don't know if you saw this bit of publishing news, which I'm always intrigued by, mm. but Scholastic and the author Dave Pilkey, who wrote the Captain Underpants book, have decided that they're going to retract and cancel one of his books that's currently out because of passive racism that's in it. So it's this mm. book that I'd never heard of called The Adventures of Ook and Gluk Kung Fu Cavemen from the Future, <laughs> which okay. is like, Ugh. Yeah, uh, and I guess the plot of the book is that there is a martial arts instructor who like teaches these cavemen to do Kung Fu, but like not, violently or something and he was saying that his goal in writing the book was was to be like look you don't need violence like you can solve your problems peacefully or whatever but Mm -hmm. especially in the light of everything that's happened recently um you know with the asian american community he and scholastic together kind of realized hey this is not a good look like this is perpetuating racism in a way that we don't want to. It's not something that we stand for. And so they decided that they were going to uh, take the book off the market. So they're not printing it anymore. They're getting all like libraries and bookstores and things that have copies of them to return them to Scholastics. And he is donating all of the money that he made from the book to charities. Um, And I just thought this was one of those like really good examples of someone like proactively doing the right thing because we're always talking about how people get called out and they're canceled and blah 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 and then they have to sort of go on this apology tour but i thought that this was a really good example of someone like recognizing that something that they had done previously was not up to snuff and that you know that they had screwed up and that as they had learned as they'd gotten older that they were able to see that their past um you know actions weren't great and then they're taking the steps to change that with yeah. you know at their own personal detriment because obviously he's going to lose a decent amount of money from this so i was just like oh i'm glad that you know for all of the terrible stories that we have to deal with like at least <laughs> every now and again we get somebody who's doing something good 
So <laughs> yeah, that is honestly heartwarming. I know. Uh, has the uh, far right uh, condemned him for his his? Uh, you know, I I didn't see, I didn't see anything about that, but I didn't I didn't yeah. quite you know go through uh, Twitter <laughs> looking for Ook and Gluk Kung yeah, Fu Cave from the check future. Check in on Candace yeah. Owens or y- yes, Chains, uh, yeah, I'm feel. sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me check what Ben Shapiro has to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, that's good. Um, in a in an opposite sense of someone taking, um, you know, ownership of past mistakes, Olivia Jade has has made a statement, sort of, since the Olivia Jade is the daughter of Lori Laughlin, who was embroiled in that uh, champion rower, I believe. Was yeah, her main yeah, thing. <laughs> the college admission scandal, which has come back to the forefront because Netflix released their documentary. Operation Varsity Blues, which was actually uh, pretty entertaining. It was all done basically by a dramatic reenactment starring the starring Papa from <laughs> um, Stranger Things. A very strange documentary, but it was interesting. Anyways, so now everyone's focused on that again. And Olivia Jade, who has started her apology tour with the Red Table Talk with um, Jada Pinkett Smith, etc., um, was on TikTok and she was talking about how she was vaguely talking about how hard it's been and how someone told her, oh, it doesn't matter. Like you can't compare your situations. It doesn't matter if you're drowning in 60 feet of water or you're drowning in 30. We're both still drowning. And she was like, I like think about that quote every day because it's it's so true. It's such a bigger message to our world right now. We're all quick to judge and put people down. And I just want people to remember, like, if your feelings are hurting or they're valid to you, they're just valid, which I agree to a sense. Like, I I really do believe that um, we should be allowed to to feel what we feel. I think the problem with someone in a position of privilege such as her is that she has never taken any sort of ownership over that privilege or what happened, especially when this wasn't just like some parent going behind her back. Like she posed for photos, which should be enough for any child to get pause and be like, what's going on? She's never addressed that part of it. Shelly, your parents weren't like, oh, come on, everybody. <laughs> yeah. We're going outside today. We're yeah, going to do some sports do poses. Pose. Yeah. <laughs> everybody pretend they're a soccer player. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet. But, you know, uh, maybe maybe that does happen more in the elite circles. Um, well, you're a mom now. You need to get on this. You should be yeah, doing yeah. some photoshopping to, <laughs> yeah. you know. I should. Got to be scoping know. out the preschools. Well, the thing is, though, is I just think and then she got heat on this on this TikTok for saying that because, I mean, yeah, sure. But you're not drowning. Like, that's the idea, right? It's like she might get some flack, but she still has a platform on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, whatever it is. And so I just wish that she would just own up in a more realistic way instead of constantly centering on her own victimhood. Like it's just a frustrating stance for a young girl to take when she could get ahead of this and just kind of like own it and then move forward from it instead of constantly wallowing and look what you guys made me feel like. Like I feel bad. Isn't that sad? Can't you relate to me as I feel bad about X, Y, and Z? Like, oh, I didn't get to talk to my mom for a month because she's in bougie prison (laughs) i think that this just all goes back to the aspect of like privilege and being in these bubbles like 
I think that she does think that she's going through a lot and that she was drowning because she spent her whole life in this very like elite, fancy, privileged situation. So she doesn't know what it looks like or feels like actually to actually be in trouble with these various things because she's never had to do that. So when she feels bad, she's like, oh, my gosh, this must be the worst that it is. And it's like, oh, no, so many people (laughs) have it so much harder than you. But you just have never experienced like an ounce of that. So you don't you don't understand like what that looks like. But yeah, Yeah. somebody at some point should be doing some coaching with these people and like, (laughs) you know, tell them things that you should and should not be posting on your TikToks. I know. It seems so easy, honestly. Like, obviously, there will always be commenters and stuff, but you won't always have a BuzzFeed article written about you, you know? Honestly, we should move to Los Angeles, Shelby. I think we'd be (laughs) so good at this. We can just, like, have rich people send us things that they're going to post online, (laughs) and we just look over them before they post and be like, "Ah, no, probably not. Nope. (laughs) Nope. We're going to say no on this one. Yeah, but then we would have never gotten Imagine as sung by... Well, Hollywood stars. <laughs> I mean, I still listen to that multiple times a day. Mm, the vocals in <laughs> it are just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Did you have any other news? Um. No, not really. I think that's it. You want to get in the okay. love it or hate I it? I did want to say I. Oh. I don't know if you care about this. Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. Um, obviously we knew it's well, back. I, it's it's out announced. already. No, no, no. Oh, it's been announced. Ewan McGregor and Anakin are both coming. Yes. Back. Mm-hmm. Is Padme um, coming back? Oh, wait, she's dead. <laughs> no, no. Mm. But the, the fun detail for anyone who's watched the vow is that Bonnie, I have honestly no idea how to say her name. She's just the girl from the vow. Bonnie. P. <laughs> Pius. Um, she plays like Anakin's aunt, you know, like in a bit role for like two seconds. But that was like her whole claim to fame. And it, she was then wrapped up in the Nixium um, cult and was eventually one of the ones who got out and started the Vow like docuseries. <laughs> but she gets to go back and, and reprise her role. As Anakin's aunt? She yeah, was Anakin's really- aunt and then she joined a sex cult and then she... <laughs> yeah. that was like literally where she got her money in the uh, did you watch the vow no well so she's one of the first people introduced and she's like yeah i was i was the star who would she's australian (laughs) and she would get paid (laughs) she would get paid to go to these like comic cons like that's how she made her money is just by star wars obsessed people who recognize her from her maybe five minutes i can't remember if we've talked about this or not before but the guy who plays c-3po like literally hasn't Mm. done anything but c-3po things for the past like 30 years and he just voices him in in every movie and every video game and every audiobook like anything that you could possibly do with c-3po and i think he's like rolling (laughs) in the money because he just gets yeah. all of these royalties from all of these Star Wars things. Yeah, it's just, I mean, uh, she lucked out. And now I think because the vow, or, you know, maybe they were always eyeing an honest uh, return to the original cast. But let's say it's because the vow, she's, she gets to reprise it and, oh and <laughs> make her second. second I mean, role I've, of money. I've seen these movies how many times, and I could not tell you what this woman looked like at all. Yeah. Like, if you lined up five like white women in front of me, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's exciting for her. So, 
Okay. okay, but what's your love it or hate it? Love it or hate it. Okay, so I have been watching the Oscar-nominated documentaries, and mm-hmm. I watched two this past weekend that are both on Netflix, easily available. One of them I really liked. One of them I really hated. Um, <laughs> they are My Octopus Teacher and Crip Camp. Did you see either of these, Shelby? No. So My Octopus Teacher, which I thought was so boring, is about this man who is like a wildlife photographer slash videographer, um, like makes nature documentaries and stuff, mm-hmm. who g- got into like snorkeling sort of, or like, I, I don't even know. It's not, it's not really snorkeling, but it's sort of like scuba diving, but he doesn't have a scuba tank. He just like practiced breathing really long. So anyways, he's in the water a lot. Yeah. And he finds this octopus that lives in this kelp reef by his house. And he's like, what if I went back every day and just hung out with this octopus and like videotaped the octopus? And so the whole movie, all like 80 minutes, is just him like hanging out with this octopus. And yes, it's cute, but it should have been like a 25 minute thing. And it's it's just like, oh, now it's getting food. Oh, now it's doing this other thing. And then, of course... Of course, the octopus dies at the end because it's a nature movie and the animals always die. Octopus, I guess, only have a a lifespan of one year, which they say early on in the documentary. So you're like, this isn't going to last long. That's shocking to me. Well, I think maybe there's different size octopus because this one wasn't very big. And I think there are bigger ones. But anyways. A year. Wow. So it's just a whole long movie about this octopus. And the octopus Aww. doesn't even have a name. So he just like goes down there one day and the octopus is dead? No. No, Shelby. <laughs> no. That is not how it happens. You watch a shark eat the octopus. <gasps> Whoa. He lets a shark eat his friend? Well, yes. At, at one point, the octopus gets one of its arms ripped off by something or another. Oh, my gosh. And, this documentary and, sounds intense. And he's, and he's like, I could have helped it, but I didn't. No, it was terrible. But no, octopus, apparently, uh, what happens is... Okay, let me think about this. The octopus is... It's a girl octopus. This has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. No, Why it are was you so, hating? It was so boring, Shelby. This it was sounds so, so sweet. It oh sounds my gosh, it just so went sweet. on and on. I'm going to watch it. Okay, whatever. This is not the reaction that I wanted from you. <laughs> <sighs> the second movie, so which was so much better, was called okay. Crip Camp. And it's about it octopus. It doesn't. It thankfully does not. <laughs> it features a bunch of wonderful handicapped people who, um, back like in the seventies and eighties, I I think, or maybe it was even the sixties. Um, there was this camp in upstate New York that was like the only summer camp in the entire country that was for all uh, different types of handicapped people. And so mm-hmm. they all went up there and became really good friends and like found a sense of community Cute. that they hadn't had before. And then based on that kind of like camaraderie and friendship they were like hey when we're at the camp it's great but there's literally no civil rights laws that protect disabled people and so it's about this group of campers who sort of like over the next 20 years like band together and got all of the uh civil rights uh acts passed that you know made like uh, that that I mean I didn't even really think stop to think about this because it I think it all sort of like happened in the early 90s but like sidewalks didn't even used to have like the ramp on the corner where you'd like mm-hmm. go down like it was just like there was a curb so there's a scene where this guy is like 
riding his wheelchair like all around like for blocks trying to find some place where he can like get up on this curb because he can't so it was just very moving and very interesting and and fun and heartwarming and just a lot more going on than the octopus thing (laughs) at one point so they're both nominated what one do you think is is favored to win I I am terrified to say that I think the octopus one is going to win because because it's so cute because because it is I don't know there's you know all of these people who I guess just like watching animals like wander around also the other weird thing about the octopus movie is that it's all just narrated by this guy it it's shots of the octopus and then the guy sitting at his table talking about the octopus that's all it is <laughs> that's so cute. Ugh. I'm really into nature dogs right now, so maybe if you'd you'd pitch this on another day, I'd be more upset about it. But it just sounds cool. Like first of all, documentary, like filmmakers, nature filmmakers are so interesting to me. So, anyways, I'm gonna check that out. I'll check out both maybe, but I'm gonna prioritize the octopus one. No, no, Shelby, no. Thanks for the wreck. At one point, everybody um, at the camp gets crabs because they're just all like sleeping <laughs> together. It's a very, it's so much better than the octopus one. Okay, well, uh, similarly important and uh, nature driven. Um, I watched a movie called Rogue, which is a 2020 film um, that came out uh, starring Megan Fox, and it is about a mercenary. Megan Fox, who leads a team of soldiers to rescue um, a hostage in remote Africa. But plot twist, her greatest foe might be a bloodthirsty lioness. And I know what you're thinking. Isn't this just extraction featuring an animal? So she has to like fight off a, a lion while she's trying to rescue her friend? Yeah. Well, it's not her friend. She's it's a job, Matt. Can you respect her title? She's a mercenary. I forget exactly what a mercenary soldiers, does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. just like, oh my gosh, I have to go save my friend. Like, How many no. mercenaries have you She's met? She's a hardened Never. She is Chris Hemsworth, but uh a woman. So, so was it good? It sounds bad. Yeah, actually it was. No, that's what's surprising is I thought it'd be like ultra campy and kind of stupid and something like you just watch because it's dumb. But it was fun and it was well done. I mean, the graphics, obviously, it's a low-budget film. So sometimes the lioness was a little bit like, what is happening with its face right now? But I will say it has 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I honestly thought I was surprised by, which is why I watched this. And um, it was written and directed by a woman named MJ Bassett who wrote it with her daughter. And and the studio liked it so much that they wanted to put a bigger star on it than some just nobody indie flick. And that's how they got Megan Fox. And she's doing a great job. I really think she deserves all of our love and respect like going forward because we really mistreated her in the um, 2010s or whenever. Uh, when Transformers did Transformers came. come out? Was that like That was when I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> oh that, I feel like that was like 2006, 2007. <laughs> But anyways, that um, was a lot speak of fun. for yourself, Shelby. I'm not even old enough to qualify oh, yeah, yeah. for a You're vaccine. Still so young, um, but it was fun. The characters Transformers like, came out in 2007. The characters were cool. The the dumb girls they rescue turn out to be very believably idiotic, and and there was a whole bit in there about like anti trap anti. Um, 
poaching and game hunting and there's this I think whole you industry. just like this because there was an animal in it. That's my takeaway is you'll watch no. anything that has an animal. Usually that's true, but I, I had a good time. Rob actually watched it with me and he was pleasantly entertained as well. Yeah, I'd like to get so. that in writing, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd like a sworn affidavit under penalty yeah. of perjury that Rob enjoyed this movie. I promise you he's going to love my octopus teacher. So, <laughs> Rob would love my octopus teacher. He's too nice, <laughs> honestly. I could just see him sitting there watching it. Yeah, it sounds so Ugh. nice. Okay. Um, well, I'm excited for this week on Thursday. We're uh, finally getting around to our 2021 predictions. Uh, almost half of the way through this year. But honestly, it, it surprised me what what new things are coming, what things from 2020 are still to come. So it should be pretty funny. Uh, yeah, this is a very weird year because, like, <laughs> I mean, basically... In, as far as film years go, it just started at the beginning of March. Okay. So yeah. we have an eight-month or a ten... No, we're not behind at all. Whatever. Yeah, we're on top of things. <laughs> we're very on top of things. And we're going to talk about all the movies that are coming out this year. We're going to guess the Rotten Tomato scores. We, I have all the tabulated scores from last year's predictions. So. Oh, my gosh. I did all that work for no reason. Oh, I didn't even know you had them. I... I went back and I listened to him because I feel like last year you lost the paper. And so I just, I <laughs> no, I had it all Shelby. I, and I, it was, I vi- just didn't have faith in you. Wow. Wow. You should have texted me at some point. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, that's happening Thursday. Okay. So. okay. Yes. Listen, listen in. Um, until then you can follow us on social media. We had a giveaway for promising young woman. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um this past week we'll probably have more in the future so look out also you can leave us a review if you absolutely feel like you need to on apple podcast honestly we don't like it when you do we hate it which is why no one is (laughs) doing it which is what we want so just keep that up okay great and we'll see you on thursday bye